Together, we shall change the course of the future. Hello, and welcome back to the Lost Legends of Scadriel Mistborn Adventure Game Podcast. I'm your host and narrator, Trevor. I go by Fifth of Daybreak Online, and with me, I have the rest of the Fluffles gang. I am John, I go by Clovermite Online, and I play Tony Darkermancy. I'm David, and I play Lord Falco, probably, today, maybe, who knows. I'm Kelly, and I play Merida. Uh, let's jump back in. Um, we honestly don't have too much more to do, um, so we're going to jump back to Warwick as you run back to the uh, building that you saw Alloy run out of where um, you have done all of your business with him so far, and you come up to the building and see that it is in flames. Wait, does David know anything that happened last time? Uh, Warwick or David? Yeah, I listened David. to the episode. Yeah. David, yes. Oh, okay. I'm one of three views on YouTube. Okay, thank you very much. I'm pretty sure. Um, so, <laughs> the entire building just fucking completely in flames, Trevor? Uh, it's not completely in flames, but you do see that there's smoke that's pouring out. And, like, you, in the windows, you see, like, the flickering okay. of lights. Well, they said that he was in the basement. So, unfortunately, he's going to have to assume the worst. And he's going to, like, look around for any of the other members of his party. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm not going to make you I roll know, just because so. there's <laughs> nobody around. Um, you, you take a look around and it seems pretty deserted. There's uh, a crowd that's been starting to gather, um, just like pointing at the fire. Um, nobody's come to like try to put it out yet. Uh, but there's nobody around that is familiar to him. Uh, he's going to head back to where the Lord Mistborn was and, uh, barring Far finding anything that away, he's going to head back to the Lord Mistborn's manor. Um, yeah, I think with you not um, going inside to see if there's anybody left who needs rescuing, um, we can go ahead and kind of just jump time here. Uh, I want to play this a little bit loose. Um, I, I do consider the campaign pretty much officially over at this point. Um, there's not a lot of changing of outcomes that's going to happen. Um, so I don't know. It, it really just depends on how much fun you guys want to have, uh, kind of narrating those outcomes. If you want to be more hands-on, leave some things to chance. Um, you know, role play a little scene that we do something with, um, or not. But, um, there's a, a general idea I have with where the story is going, um, that, you know, you, you have your choice as to whether or not your character participates in uh, Merida probably a little bit less than anybody else. Um, but um, I think that maybe it, we start with Tony, if that's okay. Okay. I mean, last we left off, Tony went to the guard and told him that he needed help. 
Um, so the way that I kind of see Tony's story playing out from here, and you know, feel free to tweak, add, subtract. Um, the Lord Mistborn views Tony as the useful idiot that he is, and thinks that the best way to deal with him is not to try and make an example out of him because there was no actual malice there um, towards him. Uh, but to try and just reduce the problem by taking the toy out of the toolbox. And so um, the Lord Mistborn and his uh, retinue would offer Tony the uh, opportunity to be a professional greeter, performer, um, however you'd want the title to be phrased, for the household. Oh, for like the royal household? Yeah. Yeah, for the Lord Mistborn's household. Yeah, yeah, I think Tony would want to be the royal magician. Yeah, so, um, you know, he he would not have a lot of patience for sitting down and negotiating that with you. But, like, if, uh, you know, to whatever shiny title that he has to dangle in front of Tony, I think he's more than happy to do. So, uh, you get given the title of a royal magician. And uh, if you want to, I will let you, uh, you know, take the reins and make a little scene if you uh, are so willing. Sure, sure. So are we starting with the Lord Mistborn coming back and telling he's going to make him a magician or where are we starting with that? Uh, it That's entirely up to you. We can role play that if you want to, or you can just kind of, uh, you know, end it like you began and narrate a little magic show. Um, we can do some some roles for that magic show. However, you want to do it. Yeah, I, I think I think we just we just do with the offer. Really? Thank you, Lord Mistborn. You will not regret this. I'm gonna come up with the biggest, best show ever, but but one that will not set the place on fire. I promise. I'm done with fire for now. Maybe we can do some lightning, but I will not set anything else on fire. And it's gonna be amazing. I. I gotta, I gotta go, go, go talk to Mr. Mr. Bornum. We, we've got plans to make. Oh, Fluffles, Fluffles, Fluffles will love this. Wazing restraint in the face of danger is the knowing of valor. And uh, he says that, and he turns, and uh, Lord Spook walks out of the room to leave you with his uh, steward to work on details. And then Tony, Tony's already heading out, out the door to go tell the celebration. <laughs> To uh, Mr. Bornum and Waffles. Uh, yeah, and I think that um, for as long as Tony wants to live that life, um, he he's given a you know a, a generous if if not luxurious stipend um, to keep him out of harm's way as well as uh, lodging that's close to the manor. Um, is there anything you know we didn't? end up doing much with Tony's family in the end. Is there any unresolved uh, plot lines there you see kind of being disrupted by uh, Tony's accidental ascension to uh, Royal Magician? I don't think so. He was already disowned, so it's not like his mom cares about what happens to him. And I'm pretty sure Wittens would be okay. happy with him having stable employment. Um, Wittens would be willing to come with you as a personal servant, um, or, you know, do his own thing with, uh, going back to the, um, uh, what is your regular name? Um, shoot. It's been Darko so long Mansi. since I've uh, thought about it. Not, not Alphonse, but the house name. Oh yeah, it's been long enough, I don't remember either. 
<laughs> we don't remember what his real house lord uh, house name is. Um, but that's okay. Um, I assume that you want to keep uh, keep. Yeah, wins. yeah, if possible. Uh, are there any other storylines that you want to touch on uh, before we wrap up Tony's storyline? I don't think so. I think um, he got what he wanted. Um, uh, I guess the last bit would be he would, you know, definitely still be finding a nice cave for uh, Fluffles to hang out in where he can spend time with friends instead of just keeping him cooped up in the house and giving him a little more freedom. Yeah, and I think we already kind of covered that in game with uh, Witten's taking care of some of that for you. Yeah, I don't know if we we uh, I don't remember if we resolved it or not. I know we started it. I think you had a place, but you um, had yeah. taken Fluffles from that place for the performance. Ah, okay. Well, then yeah, no, then Fluffles will be back. Because Fluffles had gained some mass while he was out at the cave, I believe. Well, he gained mass when he got loose. I don't know that he gained any more. I vaguely remember. I think it depends on if Tony... If Tony's paying other people to take care of Fluffles, then Fluffles is going to grow progressively bigger. The question is, is Fluffles considered a chonk now? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, by Mistwraith standards, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, you look at the artwork they have for Mistwraiths in the Mistborn Adventure game manual, and you've got like pieces, like halves of horses. Yeah, they're like out twelve to fifteen. Okay, but does feet Tony tall, consider like Fluffles a chunk now? Of gelatinous body parts, it's pretty wicked. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say at this point Tony's let him go loose, so he's getting to be a big boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Fluffles has started to become a little bit of a chonk then. Nice. Makes them all the scarier when they do the pretend to eat Tony trick in the magic show. (laughs) (laughs) You've gotten to the point where, like, you you have, like, a little contraption that drops him on top of you. (laughs) Does, uh, does Mr. Bornum manage to achieve some lightning tricks for Tony? Um... You know, I uh, I don't think that it, that's for me to say. Um, I think that's uh, something that we got to let the listeners decide if uh, just how fanciful Tony and uh, Bornum are able to to make things progress. Fan freedom. Well, yeah, that's it for Tony then. Um, let's lo- move on to Merida. Um, so you've kind of hitched your wagon to Alloy, um, and I assume that you're not looking to renege on that in any way. Nope. We're chilling. So, um, it, let's say it's been somewhere around a month. Um, through your various informants, um, you have found out that um, Tony's been offered his job. Um, you also hear uh, something that you could infer uh, about the discovery of Tajmil's body in the uh, house that burned down unexpectedly. Um, you know, as going from the official sources. Um and uh after about a month you get a tip about where uh live tradition and i think one other person got captured um fatine lady fatine got captured um you get a tip about where they are being housed and so you work with alloy to try and organize a jailbreak um 
Is this something that you would want to take control of the scene for? Um, first off, Alloy's good with me. He's not pissed at me. No, you're you're all in with them. You you made the right you choice. You saved their day, really. So okay, um, I would have thought he would have threatened me more. You kind of saved his ass at the he end what? there. So yeah, that's fair. Sure, I'm good to role play that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take control of the scene, or do you want to uh, make it more of an interactive kind of thing? I don't think I know enough of Alloy's character to be able to do that, so I'll leave it in your hands. Like, the total narration, and I'll just roleplay what you give me. Okay, um, so let's start out with, um, give me an influence roll to, or no, give me a resources roll to see if you're able to bribe some information about the way that the, uh, the prison is being run, like guard patrols and whatnot. That's four, right? It's just my resources dice, right? Okay. I have two fours. Uh, yeah, so you've been working closely with Tessney for over a month now, uh, ever since uh, you were able to rescue Alloy. And with with uh, the, com- the combined forces of both of your information networks, um, you're able to get a pretty good information uh, or pretty good layout for where the guards are patrolling uh, and what the, like, the change of patrols look like. Um, you've got some pretty good information on this prison. Um, so you've got a um, couple of options for how you would want to go in, try and make this prison break happen. Um, is this something where you want to try and bribe somebody to just get them out? Do you want to try and infiltrate uh, pretending to be guards? Do you want to go a brute force method? Uh, force, force method? Um you know, it it's so not think, necessarily that it's your decision, but for the sake of role-playing the scene, it's your decision. I think Merida would go with the first two. She would bribe someone to kind of, like, throw people off, but also infiltrate. So, like, bribe someone to be like, you know, we have a new guard joining, like, they're new, they don't know what they're doing, so be a little forgiving of their mistakes, that kind of thing. Uh, go ahead and give me an influence roll. Okay. Uh, two fives, two threes, and a nudge. Uh, give me a wits roll as well. Okay. Uh, two twos and a nudge. Um, so devising a plan between the, uh, changing of the guard shifts and some, uh, strings you're able to pull, um, you're able to get somebody on the inside. Who is it that you get on the inside? Like... What do you mean, the guards? Or were or? you trying to get somebody on the inside, or are you just trying to, like, sneak in and have somebody, like, open the door for you? No, I was going to have someone, like, you know, help me in. I was going to disguise and go okay. in. Um, yeah, so you're able to pick somebody out um, and then use your strings to get uh, have them get you a guard uniform and allow you entrance in. Um, I think the last thing I'm going to have you do is give me a charm roll and a spirit roll. And your spirit will be back up to the full five. So give me the charm roll first. Okay. Uh, two fours. Yeah, so as you get into this uh, the, this prison, um, you've been doing research for a while. You've uh, studied the, the file va- uh, files enough to start to be able to put names to faces. Um, and you, you go in and, like, anytime anybody questions you, you're like, 
Mike, how could you possibly say that you don't know me? Like, we've worked together here since you started five years ago, and you want to say that you don't remember my name? Like, I'm just offended. Um, you know, you, you pull a bunch of those kind of, uh, you know, Jedi mind social tricks on people as you get yourself into the prison. Um, and then lastly, give me a spirit roll. I just rolled that. That's four ones. Uh, I think with two ones, um, you have a couple of close scrapes, but nothing incredibly unexpected happens. And so um, it's it's stressful. And you uh, at a couple of there's a couple of moments when you think your cover is about to be blown when you see somebody who is like a supervisor coming down the hall um, and you're just barely able to get around a corner before they get close enough to see your facial features. Uh, But eventually you're able to get to the prison cells and uh, get them out and smuggle them out of the prison um, and leaving uh, the gang back at full strength to go back to Alloy. Can I add one thing? What's that? I want to pull. I want to pull a flower out of my pocket and give it to Lady Fatine. <laughs> well, I didn't think I'd see you again. It's always nice to see a pretty face when you get out of prison. It's even nicer to see a prettier face. She's gonna wink and lead them out. And uh, yeah, you uh, you two uh, head out of the prison. Uh, I imagine you rescue her first. Oh yeah. Merida has a huge crush on her. <laughs> um, Kelly, are there any other uh, story threads that you want to touch on before we uh, consider Merida's story wrapped up? I think we've handled Merida's story pretty great. Like, she got a crew that actually feels strong and is not around Taj Meal that drives her insane. <laughs> she will miss Fluffles. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Um, She's still going to flirt heavily with Lady Fatine through the whole time. Yeah, I think that uh, you two start to have a, a kind of bad girls on the run vibe going. I love it. It's perfect. Uh, that leads us to Feldar. Um, you get back to the Lord Mistborn's mansion to the uh, unfortunate news of the Lord Mistborn, or of, of Alloy's escape. Everything I did. Um, undone undone like like everything. i walk away for five minutes and it's like uh oh, fuck it fuck it uh might, might as well, yeah might as well have not that all me? <laughs> it, 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 it kind of sucks in a way because like it was the separate recording so there was nothing i could do to intervene in that when like i'm thinking about it in my head and it can't be more than like you know, 10, 12 city blocks from where the house is burning or whatever. So it's kind of farcical, like how the movement goes because of the recording. Well, I think that there's a way to to make this not all bad I for mean, Feldar. It and is not what all it losses. is. A, a week passes. And um, I assume at a certain point you've revealed your identity to. Well, well he, I, I had very least, heavily you know, at it before. So. Yeah. Yeah. At the very and, least, like the, Tensoon yeah, knows. He would probably um, want to break down just what was going on. Because, like, it's not common knowledge that even Spook is in on hemallergy to that extent, right? So he'd mm-hmm. want to know where did those spikes come from, a, 
you know, or B, like, what's the plan, man? Asking for a friend. Um, just meta-wise, he does tell you that those yeah. spikes are old Inquisitor spikes that he was led to. Um, he doesn't tell you by who. Um, but in in the aftermath of your debriefing of this instant, um, Tensoon and Spook, more Spook than Tensoon, uh, comes up with an idea and makes an offer to you. Um, Tensoon, or uh, Spook, wants to execute the prisoners as quickly as possible so that way they're not sprung uh, from Alloy, who now could have, you know, any number of hemallergically, uh, um, oh, what do I, how do I want to say this? Um, yeah. Imbued powers. Uh, but he's willing to take a risk to get a man on the inside. Anyone you need. I can, if it's okay with the boss upstairs. Spook doesn't really concern himself, or I should probably just do this as uh, Spook. Sezed is Sezed, and he he has his nature, um, has always had his nature in some ways. But there's a funny thing about the Chondra contract that um, you need a dead body and you've never needed to ask questions about how it came to be. So I think that maybe this one I'm... time, as it has happened in the past, it's out of Sazed's hands and we will Look, get you a body if you're willing I'm to be our man on the inside. Moving past the old contract. Uh redefining it in my own sense i was more speaking as to the general what you intend to do moving forward I, i'm merely trying to tell you where my true loyalties will always lie but i i'm oh sis Cez and i may not always see eye to eye but we uh we have the same and, goals and as long as those goals align i'm happy to work with you and whatever that means. And, oh, go ahead. And so um, it's not long after that to when you're taken to a cell where tradition's body is lying inside of the cell. And uh, they tell you that he's going to be your new persona. And that you're going to assume the role of tradition until well, such a point that they can neutralize the threat of alloy. Not to be grim, but I think that he would do it the old way, which is he would interrogate tradition beforehand. So, yeah, I yeah, okay. yeah I think that there's yeah, going to like, be Yeah, like it's a not just he walks in and he's like, "Ah oh, shit, what what's he talk like again?" Like yeah, they didn't. Okay. They didn't like cap like, this guy. There was and be the like, proper hey, accommodation. Like, there, a point comes where okay. you're you're presented with a dead tradition, and that is going to be your uh, okay. your new well, job. I will uh, become tradition. 
Uh, so it's a couple of weeks after that that you've spent inside of this prison cell that um, the door opens uh, outside of one of the normal times to uh, let you out to exercise or to feed you or anything like that. And standing in the hallway is Merida, Lady Fatine, and Liv. Excellent. You ready to get out of here? I was hoping for this, but not so soon. Let's go. And he'll walk out. And, uh, yeah, they walk out and they lead you out of the prison. Uh, David, are there any other story beats that you want to touch on uh, before we no, wrap I up mean, for your character? Just a, just a Condra doing his job, man. Starting the grand tradition of the faceless immortals. That would be it. And I think that's pretty open-ended where I want to leave it. Um, I I do want to talk, um, you know, and we'll have maybe a little round table here um, after that, but just for a second about um, how I imagine, and not to guarantee that this is how it's going to happen, but resolving the story beyond this point. Um, for all intents and purposes, the the story of the Fluffles gang has ended. Um, the, the stories that these characters were embarking on at this point in this campaign have finished. And though that, as far as recording is concerned, has ended here. Uh, I do think that this story also has left us in a unique position where we've created this villain, Alloy. And there's a lot of room for stories involving Alloy beyond this point. Um, it might be the point, uh, the case where some of the characters come back and we resolve that um, in a recording session. I'm not entirely sure. But one thing that I know that I want to try and do is write some supplements, some supplemental quests, uh, and release them to our fans who might be wanting to play uh, the Mistborn Adventure game themselves or possibly for me to run at future conventions like Gen Con for any fans who might want to play. Uh, just following the, the post-Fluffles Gang alloy storyline, um, we've left characters in some really interesting places. Uh, Merida is in with the villains, um, working to advance their interests. Um, Feldar is once again working with Merida, unbeknownst to her, uh, as tradition, as a mole. Um, it seems like it's there's a lot of really rich ground here to have future gameplay, not just for us here at Lost Legends, but for anybody who might want to bring their own crew and throw them up against Alloy. Um, I think one of the problems that the Mistborn Adventure game faces is the lack of these big villains to face. And, you know, if, if you're a fan of the show, now you've got one. You've got one that we've spent a considerable amount of time developing to have a semi-plausible backstory, uh, if that's important to you. And uh, I think that it would be cool to share that villain with you now that we have uh, finished in establishing him. So um, look to see uh, information on that in the future. Um, we will, of course, be going back to the uh, well-roasted dusters to continue on on that storyline. Um, but if the, uh, the Fluffles gang is interested, we can take some time to, uh, talk about how we feel about, you know, the last season, the campaign as a whole, whatever we'd like to discuss. Sounds good. I'm cool with that. 
I will say that the strangest part of this experience for me is actually finishing an RPG campaign period. Um, David doesn't have this problem, but this is the first one I've ever ran start or been in start to completion, let alone ran start to completion. And that's weird because for me, tabletop RPGs are something that you play like maybe eight sessions at most and then nobody ever talks about it again. Yeah, same here. I think my weirdest thing about this is that we started while I was still in high school and I've graduated college. So it's been a journey <laughs> yeah, through my whole college is career. Almost as long yeah, as my relationship, which is, you know, reaching up there. <laughs> oh. It's a fun system. I've definitely enjoyed playing it. I like what we've done with our characters. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it. I think uh, with the long time we've had between recordings with this crew, I've kind of lost touch with some of the feel for it, just because it's been so few and far between. Yeah, that that is one of the more regretful things about the 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 logistics of getting four or five people on a Discord call for two hours at the least, you know. And to give listeners context, um, there were there would be times that we'd go six months without yeah, recording, which is it's kind of absurd. Like that, the fact that we continued recording is almost more surprising to me because any group that I've been part of that does go that long without playing, just it it doesn't get back rolling because people have lost touch completely with their characters, and, you know, or whatever thread they're on. Give it yeah, up for Trevor. I mean, He's been doing a great job. I, I usually have to King I of the Cat have Wrangling. To refresh myself every time. Like, what was I even doing? So like, the recording aspect of it is actually probably helpful in that regard of us continuing it, because we can actually some of us at least look back and be like, hey, this was what we were doing. Whereas some sometimes in like D D <laughs> stuff I've done, like it's like, hey, what were we doing two months ago before holidays happened? And we're like um, I don't know, but it's over now. On to the next thing. <laughs> you know, like, it. so yeah. we've kept the continuity because of the recording, which I think has helped us stay together even after six, eight months not, not recording. I feel like there was almost a year stretch one time. I kind of... I think that was when yeah, you started doing the alloy. I don't think it was just six months. Was it? I think maybe yeah. eight months was our because I I feel like it I'm was around sure the time that. that you started doing the alloy era too. So there was a a, a less demand on us. Oh, that was only like six months. I, yeah, I I guess I I'm not. No, I think the year one was um was basically between the second and third season. Ah, I see. Yeah, that that would also make sense for that wonderful startup. Uh, huh? It's been fun though. Or maybe it was between like the third episode of the. I think third I can season. say. Um... <laughs> I feel like it's gotten longer spaces between our recordings as we've gone on past the second season. Yeah, I think the gap leading up to the second season was pretty big because, like. We were very rusty that for the second season. That was only about premiere. six months. Yeah, but we were still very we were rusty with even months. recording aspects, I think. Well, yeah, that's true. But uh, what I'm saying is 
that one was still definitely ended very not good. the longest period. But I think it kind of got longer as time went on. Most definitely. I mean, people still like it, I think, despite the awkwardness that we've managed to keep a awkward. good energy rolling. Yeah, it's been fun. Who's awkward? No one who's awkward. I think she's talking about that first episode of the oh, second yeah, that, season. Oh, that yeah, that was not awkward. That's too gentle of a word. I guess I still have repressed memories of the first recording to never hit air, which is like, that one was even worse. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how we'd manage to be worse the first time, but like the yeah, second I mean, time like it couldn't better. have been worse. Yeah, um, onward. Let's yeah. not talk about the, that. Let's talk about this third though. season recording. Um, I don't really have much of an agenda uh, to drive this conversation, so um, I guess just if anybody has any more sh- thoughts that they want to share before uh, we we close this uh, series out, I cannot think of any ending for Tajmil other than the one that happened with. The amount of fuckery he did. <laughs> uh, Tajmil built that pyre and then set it on fire himself. I mean, Tony set it on uh, fire, but he I'm set it on fire I'm honestly surprised more of the party did not die in that fire. And I feel like if we had a harsher game master, <laughs> there would have been more party deaths. Yes, this it's not It's not about death and like actual, like all that stuff. But uh, it was a crazy scenario and it was endemic of what this... Uh, this party got up to on the reg. I mean, like, start a bunch of fires. How do we get out of this again? And somehow still manage to, mostly. It was coming from the first season. I firmly believe that even if we had a harsher DM, Merida would have made it the fuck out. She snapped some dude's neck. Like, that is my proudest achievement. Like, one of the worst physical ones, and she just snapped a dude's neck. Like, got that. Forever proud. I will say about Tajmil, uh, in the end, he did get the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the teacups he could want. Be careful what you all wish All in all, for. I'm really happy with my character and how she developed through the story and how her ending ended, you know. If I could do it all out. again, there'd be a lot I'd change. Uh, I don't think my character really fed in with the group at all. Uh, so... And a lot of the aspects I wanted to explore with my character just didn't feel right in the setting that we got ourselves into all the time. Uh, I think there was one point... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Th- well, I it, think part of the I, group I think dynamic that that's is that one none thing of us really fit together. We've learned through this process is that you definitely need to tie those crew ties way tighter in the beginning. Like, there needs to be no question of loyalty, not like, you guys meet in a tavern and, like, figure this This is, like, you probably need, like, some very dedicated, like, crew building and group stuff because it, 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 I I felt like we could have explored a lot more sometimes if we were more interested in each other's business at all, or even if some of us were interested in our own business. Yeah, but it. Was... But the conflict did add like spice to it, because like you had people wondering like what we're gonna do next and how we're gonna interact with each other. It had like the interpersonal conflict. That yeah, left but people wondering. I I guess personally, I don't feel fulfilled in a group that do- like feels so will they won't they at any given point of time. 
right? It, it, I, I, I guess Makes I could sense. see how it might be entertaining from a viewer aspect, but I, I would want to play this game next time with like a solid crew. Like I don't want, and if I, if crew loyalty ever needs to like be put into question in any regard, like I want it to be a major thing, not like just. I don't trust these people at all, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't even trust these people to go to the bathroom and not light the house I'm in on fire. Like, <laughs> at certain points, you know? Or not steal my toilet. Well, and to feed into some of David's point, um, it does say that it's specifically in the rule book and cautions yes. you against doing what we sure. did. Um, I think that I take a good amount of the blame for the, some of those feelings. Um, and I, I hope that didn't ruin the oh, experience no, for you I'm just saying, like, personally, if I'm going to, like, say what I learned from three re seasons of recording or whatever, uh, like, I, yeah, I, no, I, I would not get into that. the group dynamic that we did. But it was still fun regardless, and I'm not, like, shaming anybody's character or how they played. I just feel like, yeah, I I don't know how to express it properly, I guess. But No, I get what you're saying, and I agree at some point. But I also think that our story ended up being entertaining with the way it worked. Like, if if we... I, I think we could have explored a little bit more about Alloy had we not had to deal with Tajmil stealing teacups every other episode, or, you know random uh tony uh feldar falcom conflict or random tony shenanigans or all all of the different kerfluffles we got ourselves into that added character in its own unique way which was fun uh but you know didn't exactly explore alloy to the extent that i think we could have like or the actual main story we were pretty much it seemed like 90% side kicks and then 10% main story at points which I wasn't that part of role playing though that wait, we're the main Sorry. parts and the other characters are to support us you meant side quests not side kicks yeah, yeah. no no I, I felt like our all of our characters oh, had agency okay. almost too good. much agency at points I would say but like and, and and I'm not like down talking it because I think it was a good experience and everything, and everybody played their <laughs> characters excellently uh, to what they were trying to do. I think I I feel like I failed playing uh, the character I set out to, but still had fun playing an interesting character. Well, how about some thoughts from you, Trevor? We've all brought up our own stuff in detail. Do you have anything more to add? Uh, no, I think I agree with a lot of what David said, and, you know, that's something that I've definitely taken into consideration as we've gone further into this campaign, and, you know, with hindsight being what it is, you can't change that now, but I, I do agree, uh, and want to reinforce what he said, that, you know, you need to have a solid group dynamic, and I think that the Mistborn uh, Adventure game gives you the tools to do that a lot better than we did here. And so um, I want to say as a caveat to everything that David said, that is definitely not a flaw with the system. 
and that the the rule book is very good about helping guide you through that process. So don't feel like if you've listened to this and haven't played yet that the the rule book isn't going to help you. But also counterpoint, I I do think um, that most people who played most other RPGs that is a foreign concept, right? Like they are 100% used to yeah, you guys meet in a tavern, you guys are on a boat together, you guys are just like, you know, run into each other and something starts happening, right? But uh, like this is, it's different. It's its own beast, I think. In a good way, I think. Um, I, I do think that... I also uh, limited us in some ways just trying to find a space where there would be an interesting story to tell about Mistborn that wouldn't interact with the main story. Um, The the Katasandra has... I I think that it it has the potential to be there, but um, as I played a lot in Era 2 with the uh, cowboy system, um, you know, just Wild West is just a lot of fun. And, you know, it's it's fun to play even just normal wacky stuff in the Mistborn Adventure system. So um, if if I'm if I'm given takeaways here of what I've learned as a narrator, um, don't be afraid to do the mundane stuff in this system. Like, you know, tried and true little little side quests are going to be interesting for people who have their their misting or ferrochemical powers in the Wild West setting. And um, I, I don't think that. You need to fall into the trap of this needs to be a larger-than-life storyline to be interesting because uh, I've had fun just fixing the election in uh, in Era 2, um, goofing off doing that sort of thing. So, uh, Recording on the show. Don't yeah. fall into the trap that you have to make, you have to follow these larger-than-life stories uh, to, to make it interesting and fun for your players because I think that's also part of... Uh, what dragged us down in a couple of points is that I wanted this epic tale, and you know a lot of people don't necessarily need it to be that epic to have. Yeah, fun you play. see, we most of what we did was not your main story, Trevor. Like, let's you know, I I think we can count the True. the episodes on both both hands, kind of deal that we actually were like thoroughly committed to main story quests. At least after the the ATMV heist, I don't know. Yeah, fun times. I think a takeaway from this is that we had fun, and in the future we have stuff we can do to improve it. <laughs> yeah, it it was a cool setting that yeah, I absolutely. did a good job exploring the intricacies of it. Yeah, you know. I'm still impressed with the foreshadowing you managed. Like foreshadowing in an RPG, <laughs> where ha- <laughs> half of the episodes are us just like, "Oh, let's follow this boat, see where that goes." <laughs> well, thank you. I uh, I definitely tried to put at least a couple of beats in there to to signal where what where things were going. I, I gave up on that a little bit more. Yeah, as time I remember on. you were <laughs> trying to set stuff up for Era 2 players in Era 1 things at certain points, but that's pretty complicated to even imagine. Well, and that's something it's that I still might end now. up doing with it's uh, easier like now writing Because like, you can do just about anything yeah. you want because it's not open-ended and something that we might actually conflict with 
with character decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the hard part of it. You know, you're yeah. trying to wrangle cats into a bag while lining cats up for a story, you know, a month later. I have to say, I love the absolute irony and poetry of Merida, first few episodes. Okay, this guy Tasney, who's my secret contact and has done nothing wrong to me, I don't trust this guy. Fast forward to the final episodes. Okay, Tessney, this guy who just literally tried to kill me, I, I got a good that feeling is... about him. I trust this guy. <laughs> okay, but that was me as a person messing up. Oh, uh, but it's funny. <laughs> That was it, it, that funny. was Kelly it's being a it, It's kind of funny because in the end, both uh, Falcone and Merida did yeah. end up with what they wanted, working with true professionals. True. <laughs> and Tony got what he wanted too. So that is true. It's a win-win-win. As Trevor pointed out, Tajmil got what he wanted. Uh, it's not what he wanted, but and it's we probably all got what, what we wanted with Tajmil ending dead. Uh, yeah, he, he got the house. Actually, I decided that he deserved it, so... Yeah. No, it's what we wanted. <laughs> he he is the last one who will ever have use of that house. He did not want it. The oh, rest his. of us did. If that's not ownership, I don't know what is. Thought about doing a little excerpt to go grab his bones, but then I'm like, <laughs> why would I want those? yeah let me impersonate somebody who was wanted dead by about seven different factions maybe just to start some shit just break into fucking tony's house beat the shit out of wittens and steal his teacup and leave like blow their mind for the rest of for the rest of their lives no i wouldn't mess with grocery ballers those guys are just living their lives but i would just want to mind fuck wittens because bros are bros it'd be fun I always enjoyed Wittens. On the weekend, that's uh, Lord Falcone's hobby. Fuck with Wittens. I mean, you're immortal. You've got to find <laughs> something to entertain yourself, right? Like, yeah, like, just like... Everybody needs a hobby. World-ending mind gaslighting is probably, you know... Either that, or he would do something so mundane, like walk in his Taj Mail and, like, give Wittens a brand new tea set. And then just walk out without saying a word, like, like just just existential, like, <laughs> what is going on moments would be fun to do. As that a would be funny, you know. <laughs> then not use them for like the whole survivor bullshit business. Like, screw that. Like, I just want to have fun. Yeah, we don't need to start a new religion to fundamentally change the course of the human race. We just need to gaslight one eighty-year-old yeah. man. Keep the goal small. Uh, I think that uh, that's about everything that I have to say on the subject for right now. Um, does anybody else nice. have anything that they want to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, I don't know fun. when the next opportunity nope. will present itself, but it's been fun. It's been a, yeah, a great, however many year long adventure. So. It's been like four years, right? Yeah, I'd say it should be closer to five, five. at this point. Wow. 2017. Owen Wilson. Uh, So I guess we will then circle back around and thank everybody here for tuning in for the last uh, three years since we've been posting things. 
Um, obviously, we're not done done. Uh, there's still going to be more Lost Legends content in the future. But uh, we finished a campaign. Like, congratulations to, to you guys, the players, too, for finishing a campaign. Um, it was rocky. It was bumpy. It was messy. But, you know, we made it through. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is a big moment. And I'm very happy to share it here with uh, you three and with all of our listeners here. And we look forward to uh, sharing other milestones with you guys in the future. So we'll see you again in two weeks' time. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Mistborn and all related properties are owned by Brandon Sanderson and Dragonsteel Entertainment. The Mistborn Adventure Game is a product of Crafty Games. Special thanks to Steve Argyle for letting us use his artwork for the logo and to Boardroom Design for putting the logo together for us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LLOS Podcast, or give us an email at lostlegendsofscadriel at gmail.com. We hope that you'll like and share and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>